Oh. I just wanted to make 20 million friends references. Dickies, New Year's, rockin', whatever. So, yeah, I mean, they were like, look, we're going to be watching the clock, countdown clock from Utah and from Michigan and from L.A. How odd. Like, oh, my goodness. I Honestly, you say, could not have paid me enough money to go to that party in in Lansing, Michigan. I mean, I feel like if someone offered you ten grand in airfare, you would have been sold. I feel like if someone offered you three grand in airfare, you would have been like, yeah. Honestly, if someone offered me airfare, I'd probably go. <laughs> <laughs> I like flying, although you not right now. Freak. Although not right now, because the government shutdown has yeah, that's the thing. has so, made it so that none of the planes can be checked. Yes, and uh, TSA workers are calling out sick. So I do no, not feel very they're literally, safe. There are literally signs being held at the airport where they're like, was your was your plane safe? We don't know because the federal like investigate like the federal checking agency is down. Oh, my God. Good thing. This shutdown is all about security. Ooh. All right. That's enough politics. We're not a political but podcast. Um, so I just but something I really have to say that I've been trying to say. Is that I feel as though people who say they hate The Bachelor and they just hate the show and they hate the franchise haven't watched it. Perhaps they've caught a scene or two. I gotta be honest, this was a bad episode to jump in on. Absolutely. It was not great. And also, like, Colton sucks and he was not supposed to be The Bachelor. They had so many other good, viable options. I've never seen them fuck up like this. But hey, maybe there's something there that we don't know about. The one thing that I really enjoyed about this episode and and something that I was very frustrated that they went away from as the as the episode progressed, uh, specifically in the second hour, was how desperate they were to drive home the fact that Colton, the sentient thumb, is a virgin. Get Uh this, America. Colton is a virgin. He's the first virgin bachelor. Hold the presses. But like. Do you want to know how much the majority of people cares about that? Nobody cares. That's what I'm saying. I know. It's hilarious. Literally, no one cares that he's a virgin. Like, you do you, baby. Like, I do not care. No one cares. But they, like, they, like, kept trying to drive it home, like... He was a part of, like... what's the final tally? Oh, yeah. So, I, I took a... I knew that this was going to be a big deal because I had seen the two-minute trailer in which they mention it eight times at least. <laughs> so I was like, I wonder how many times they'll mention it. Let's see. We got uh, carry the one. So we had 19 direct mentions of oh his virginity. And, and if it was mentioned multiple times in a conversation, that all counted as one. And then we had nine vague references or jokes at his expense. Including my personal favorite, when someone, when one of the girls popped a balloon right in his face and said, I'm going to pop your cherry. And he goes, he he has a talking head right after that. And the girl kind of like decorated the balloon. So it was like a red balloon and it had like a little leaf, like paper leaf decoration on the top. And she made the cherry joke and it cuts to Colton's talking head and he goes, I thought it was an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh it was goodness. an apple. I, I'm gonna pray for him though, like really, really, truly, like gonna. gonna I don't pray. think I. I think there are a lot of people praying for him, <laughs> considering his target demo. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> but oh. what I wanted to say was, 
they keep trying to drive this home like he's some kind of oppressed minority. Right. The 24-year-old virgin. He's, which is he's 26. Like, oh, so, oh, 26 he's 26-year-old virgin. Which, like, he's like, there's a real stigma around being a virgin. I know. I don't know how, like people... how I'll ever get by being on national television as the white, single white male bachelor. Football playing bachelor. <laughs> it, but it's just so hard who to overcome the stigma chari- of who, being a virgin. He's, like, very invested in, in, I believe, a cystic fibrosis charity. Um, His cousin has, like, cystic fibrosis. And, like, he got... Um, this is what I'm almost positive happened. He was... A very good football player, like, was in the NFL for a minute and then, like, was injured and then, like, started working or started a cystic fibrosis charity full time. And and you know what? Good for him. And he seems, I will say, he seems like a truly nice person. He seems like a nice, dumb dog. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me thinks that he might have freaky Friday'd one of his golden retrievers. I wouldn't be super surprised. Oh, my God. There's just a dog wandering around that's like, this was supposed to be me. Oh, my God. Um, But let's talk about, and this is a buzz phrase, not a buzz word, a buzz phrase. The women. Are we talking about the women on the journey? Yes, we're talking about the women on the journey. It's not a show. It's a journey. So looking like, is there anyone that you really like? Um, okay, so usually on the first episode of each season, I have a couple people that stand out to me very strongly that I'm like, yes, I love him. I love her. I'm rooting for them, like blah, blah, blah. Um, so for me in the past, those people were Becca Martinez, Becca M, uh, who was a major player on Ari's season. Um, she was cool. She was awesome. She went missing. That was completely blown out of proportion. Brian Abasolo, Dr. Abs, who actually ended up winning Rachel's season. Um, and then I, I really did love Rachel, and I loved Tia, who came in second on Nick Vile's season. You liked Tia? I loved I thought you Tia. Hated no, Tia. no, no, I loved... Oh, no, 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 not Tia. Fuck. Raven. I get them confused. I loved Raz- Raven, who came in second. <laughs> I love Raven. <laughs> I love Raven, who came in second on Nick Vile's season. It's been a long night. You're getting him. You're getting. You're getting her confused with uh, Colton again. I'm the raisin. <laughs> okay, but I guess I didn't have any tonight where I'm like, oh my god, I love her. But there were a few that I liked. We liked the girl from Miami, Nicole. I did. I really liked the girl from Miami, Nicole. Um, I like Demi. She seemed cool. She seems crazy, but she seemed cool. I think she'll definitely be make for good TV, which is what I'm really in it for. Yes, she looks a little nuts, and she looks like a. A very young girl. Who does she look like that we know? She looks like someone for sure. Um, oh my god, they all look the same. I guess I I like I like the girl that got the first impression. Rose, she was fine. As the flagship Boston podcast, because I can't mm. name a single other one. I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Boston girl who was on the show, who entered dressed as a sloth. So slowly. She really, really took that joke and I was going to say ran with it, but she <laughs> kind of um, like Baywatch ran with it forever. But in a sloth costume, a full body, like, like a furry costume. It was really bad. And you could tell that Colton was like please let this end. Like, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> and then and later, she just wouldn't let it go. And then later they cut to her hanging from a tree. 
I honestly think that that was probably just a PA in a costume. <laughs> like, do you think that that girl has that dexterity? With no evidence, like, it's not like it's well known that he's into sloths. Like, is that a thing? No, she just did that. Because of, because of Alexis, that girl, I think from Nick's season, who dressed up as, as the dolphin, and she ended up, like, doing pretty well. Oh, you know who I did like was Kerpa. Oh, yeah. I liked Kerpa. I think she's cute and fun. And I did also really like uh, Miss Alabama. Oh, yes, we liked... Hannah, Hannah from Alabama. Hannah Bama. Hannah Bama, Banana Alabama. But I liked her mostly because I, well, not mostly, but I liked that they set up the drama with her and that other girl who looks evil. She looks She evil. looks like hot evil. She would be the villain. Uh, I want to get their th- th- name. She's the backup villain for when uh, the girl who keeps interrupting everybody gets inevitably kicked off because she has no personality whatsoever. Oh, jeez. Uh, one thing to draw attention to, and I know that this shouldn't, like, matter, but all of the girls are so young. So young. They're, I would say, at least half of them, more than half, more than half definitely, are 23 years old. I, I mean, I think about all of the things that I haven't done in life, and then I think about how many fewer things they've done. I understand that many of them are from the South, and, like, it's, you know... People get married young there. I, I don't really know. I, I haven't spent much time Maybe this is there. the point of bringing up the fact that Colton is a virgin. It's like, see, they might be inexperienced, but so is he. Yeah, but okay, I do want to talk about that one conversation he had with, um, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't even know her name. But, well, like, I know it seems like I'm young, but like, I've been through so much. And like I've been through so much, and I just like feel like I've ate, that things have aged me, and like I am wise. And Colton was like, "Yeah, yeah, like my mom had me when she was twenty four. Like I totally feel you. Like I feel you. I get it." And I they like, were like, me- like the melding of the minds. Like I just like couldn't. I literally love how he's comparing himself. He's like, "My mother gave oh, yeah. birth to me when I was twenty four, and I'm like, dude, you're twenty six and you haven't had sex." <laughs> Do you remember when he was like? This is something me and my mom do. And he, like, grabbed that girl's hand and was like, keep breaths. And I was like, oh, my God. So do you do you want to uh, make some statements and pick, like, a top five? Yeah, sure. Let's I, do I, it. I need to look at the roster. No, no, you do you have your own five? Uh, not yet. No. Okay. All right. <clears throat> let, me, let me take a minute. Oh, okay. An honorable mention to this wonderful woman. What's her name? Brie. Brie. She was in the promo. She introduces herself to Colton in a Australian accent. He says, oh, where are you from? And she says, I'm not going to do the accent because I'll butcher it. But she says. No, you got to try it. No, no, no. You have to try it. No. You have to try it. Uh, no, I don't. It's a free fucking country for now. Um, and <laughs> he was like. Was, took a dark turn. <laughs> And she was like, oh, my, he was like, where are you from? And she was like, oh, my accent is Australian. And it cuts to her talking head. And she was like, I'm not really from Australia, but you got to stand out. And I was like, oh, okay. Someone didn't come to play today. Just the the entrances were subpar, I think. Like, I understand that people were trying, but this is like the new generation of like when this show started, the youngest contestant was five. Was five because the youngest contestant is twenty two. 
And The Bachelor started 17 years ago. I feel like these contestants have truly grown up with television and The Bachelor being a staple of it. And I feel like this new generation of people who are on the show are basing their actions off of what they have seen before. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure that to an extent, like, other people have done that on the show, but, like, some girl dressed up as Cinderella and, like, rode a carriage in. And I was like, that's just such a boring interpretation of, like, what this night is supposed to be. You know? Yeah. What What would your bachelor and like if you were on the bachelorette, what would your entrance be? I don't know. I might walk in backwards. That's very fitting to you. I think I would have a PA set up a basketball and like dunk over the bachelor's head <laughs> to assert my dominance. Someone did that on the bachelorette. Uh, oh yeah, last season the Harlem Globetrotter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't last very long, but he was nice. <laughs> yeah, he was nice. He was really nice. I remember him being very kind. Anyways. What you were saying about the them growing up watching it is so interesting to me and something that I've been thinking about for the past couple of days and is part of a much bigger conversation that we don't have to have right now because it's late and we just finished watching a fucking marathon of Bachelor content, which is, I don't want to say soul-sucking. It's tough on the titties. <laughs> it is tough on the tots. I was going to say it's... It's not soul sucking. It's like mind sucking. Uh, your mind just turns to it's mush. It's like the the premiere of The Bachelor is like running a marathon. You're starting and you're excited and you're like, "This is so amazing!" Like the human body is amazing. <laughs> like, and, then, and then like halfway through, you're like, mm, "Gotta keep it positive. We're gonna keep it positive. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good." And then like the tenth time, Chris Harrison's the- like, "Limos coming up next." Oh my god! Or when he's like, "The most dramatic season of The Bachelor yet." You're just like, "Please let it end." I mean, I'm proud of us for finishing. I tried to live tweet the whole thing, and about two thirds of the way through, I just tweet. I tweeted, "I quit. Bye." <laughs> I saw that over your shoulder. I was like, sorry, I quit. Bye. I can't do it. And I feel duped because all of the pretty like good content was towards the end and I just depleted my tank. It's you just gotta you gotta pace yourself. But what I wanted to say was I've been thinking about how I read that article that went viral on BuzzFeed, which I know you know, but the but the listeners don't. I just the idea that our generation and especially the next generation that's coming up is just so they've grown up with like social media and so much media in their lives that they're just so polished. Mm -hmm. Everything is just like this performance and everyone is trying to create themselves to be the best version of themselves all of the time. Everyone is performing what they want to be all the time. And I don't know. I think that especially on this show, which is already about that, it might get like super meta, creepy, weird real soon. Oh, yeah. And now it's like back then when it was starting, like no one was doing it to like get famous. And nobody knew what it was. Like people people accused people, I'm sure as far as it goes back uh, for wanting to be on it to get famous. But it was so much less likely to be lucrative back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And I'm not saying that people don't go on it to like find love because like I'm I, if I if I weren't spoken for I would love to be on the show because I think it would just be a fun experience and like what's the worst that happens like it's like the TV show version of Instagram everyone's wearing pretty clothes everyone looks nice they're in beautiful places you never see them eat but you know that they're eating nice food they're no, always they're not eating nice food 
Oh, a good time to talk about the book that I read. Oh yeah, sure. I was going to talk about some of the research I did. Oh yeah, go because for it, it actually it actually tied into what you were saying. Because I I did a video on the the Lifetime series Unreal, um, which is kind of like a dark. We you watched the first season of Unreal, I believe. Right? I did. I really liked it. I just I had other priorities. It's a it's like a very dark version of of The Bachelor from the perspective of the producers, and the first season was really really good. And most people don't like the subsequent seasons as much, and they're definitely not as interesting. But but I, w- I did a video on it, and I was doing some research about, like, the history of reality TV, specifically in, like, the United States. And one of the, like, landmark shows that everyone points to is that show Average Joe. I talked about this. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or if I talked about this with you. But the first season of Average Joe came out when I was in the fourth grade and I, my mom and I watched it. And so did my fourth grade teacher. And I would stay in at recess and have discussions with my fourth grade teacher about the last evening's episode. And I recall this look on her face that was like, this girl is nine. And also like, but she has a good point. <laughs> but that whole show, that whole show is about the idea. Like, basically trying to be like, oh, so you just want to be on this show to be famous, right? Like, you just want to be on it for the money? Uh, well, that brings me to Joe Millionaire. Do you remember Joe Millionaire? Yes. So I was, I think I was actually thinking about Joe Millionaire when I said Average Joe. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Joe Millionaire is the one where they... They tell you you're dating a, a bachelor who's a millionaire, and then at the end, he's like, I make $40,000 a year. But yeah, the whole point of Joe Millionaire was to be like, oh, so you just you're just in this show for the the shallowness of it. Right. And now I feel like everyone is just like, yeah, so to some extent, like like people want to go on these shows because of the experience and like the experience of being on a television show, which everyone wants to be on a television show. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to fault anyone for trying to be on TV like being on TV would be awesome. And, like, to get all of that publicity and be able to turn that into stuff, like, I have no illusions about that. That would be great. Like, I would love the podcast to be like that. I would love my YouTube channel to be like that. But I, it's just crazy to think about how far we've come. That was only, like, 15 years ago when people were like, oh, so you're just trying to be on TV to be famous? Right. But now it's like even the girls who are being sent home tonight – they already have like 8,000 Instagram followers. Just just a bump of 8,000. Right. Forget where they were already. Right. And they can turn that into something else if they're smart, you know? And I mean, I, I know that many contestants go back to their jobs. They pretend like it never happened, whatever. But if you want to, if you want to, and if you're not stupid, you can leverage that into whatever, not whatever you want it to be, but into something... It's an opportunity. Nice. Yeah. Well, so, so we will def- putting that out there really just ruins all my chances of ever getting on the show. So. Fuck. I'm really sorry that we did that to you. Um, I personally am am just devastated. Wait, wait. I'm regretting all of this. Keep it together. You're not going to fucking be on the Bachelor. How do you know? I don't want. 
Uh, You've been in a relationship for five years. So? What if I'm not in a relationship later? Well, are we going to undo the last 20 minutes of conversation? No, no, no. I think it would be a good plot point for for me. For this to be dug up. You need Picture it. I'm in Thailand. Then he comes to find me and he's like, so, um, What's his name? Trent. Fucking <laughs> crazy ex-girlfriend. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, I'm in the infinity pool, in the infinity pool in Thailand. Chris Harrison comes over. He's like, Capri, we got to talk. And I'm like, all right, baby, what's up? And he's like, Beep, boop. I'm Chris some of Harrison our producers bot. have discovered that you talked about being opportunistic on The Bachelor on from a podcast a few years ago. And I would be like, yeah, what of it? And he'll be like, I don't know how you thought we wouldn't know about this. The podcast has millions of followers. <laughs> but I actually think that maybe my my whole point in bringing that up in the first place was it's becoming so much more like understood and part of the game that I almost feel like I feel like it's going to get so weirdly meta so quickly yeah and i feel like it already has been but you know in that book that i read they kind of touch on that so the book that i read was uh, by amy kaufman who i think she still is she's a staff writer at the la times um she's like covered celebrity stuff like pop culture and she used to write about the bachelor like a lot a lot and she wrote this book called bachelor nation inside the world of america's favorite guilty pleasure i think it's called and i read it um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. And she kind of goes through, she used to cover the, so, the show and she used to have a pretty good relationship with, uh, ABC until she started kind of like asking the right slash wrong questions. She got a little too close for comfort to like some things that they were maybe trying to hide. I highly recommend it, even if you don't watch the show, if you're not a fan of the show, it's still an interesting read about, like, reality TV in the United States, because the first part of the book is kind of about reality TV and how we got to this point. Like, it kind of starts with game shows, like Love Connection, yeah. uh, the, the newlywed game. The history of reality TV is fascinating, just because of, like, the target demo that it went after, and, like... That whole angle. There's so many different angles. It's it's really interesting to read about. I I enjoyed reading about it when I was researching. Go on. It was pretty much what I was going to say, just recommending the book. But she was actually banned by ABC from, like, they, it's, uh, ABC does, like, status calls, like, bachelor status calls where writers um, who are vetted by the network can call in and, like, ask questions and she was, like, banned from those. She was, like, banned from attending Bachelor events, which she had, like, always gotten invites to. Um, and it was just, like, a little sketch sketch, but very interesting. Big Brother Bachelor. Big Brother Bachelor. Big Brother Bachelor. All right. Well, we want to talk about the Golden Globes, too. But before we do, we just want to put down – we just want to put down in digital code what our final five are, and we'll see who's right at the end of the season. And we'll we'll check back in uh, periodically on this show, but it's not going to be an every week thing. There's too much other TV to watch, and this is not a Bachelor podcast. Don't I can't worry. wait to kill Jackson off of this podcast and just talk about The Bachelor every day. Good luck recording it. All right. My final five that I have on my, my 
list. I wrote them down. I have Demi. I have Hannah B and Hannah G. I have Kerpa. Oh. And I have Taisha. Okay. Okay. I respect that. Who you got? Okay, so mine are Kaylin, Demi, Hannah B, Hannah G, and Tracy. Tracy's the old one. Tracy's the old one. The old Wiley we, Fox. Right, who we saw uh, at in the end, like, in this season of The Bachelor. One of them was like, um, it doesn't matter if Tracy is 400 years old, she'll never be old enough to be ready to be married, or whatever. They usually only stop t- start talking about that until in the mid to late yeah. game. mm-hmm. Part of the reason why I think Demi is in there, too, because she was like, you're talking shit, blah, 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 blah. She was just in a lot of different clips. Yes. Yeah, I know. I always look to see the girls who are featured in those and where they are. So, like, do, does it look like they're in a foreign country? Does it look like they're on an island? You know? All important points. Yes, yes, And yes. just the, the sheer number of clips. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then... Uh, one player who will perhaps be a wild card is Heather, who has never been kissed. It looked like she was in a lot of clips. Maybe. She seems kind of inconsequential in this first episode. Yeah, but they, they take tidbits like that and they build them up True. the whole season. True. You know? Yes, you're right. Because, like, what if they have a virgin and someone who's never been kissed in the frickin' fantasy suite? America is salvating. You know what I got from this this episode? America is really horny. Didn't you see that article from The Cut that was like 2018 was like the horniest year ever? I don't know. They were just like, kiss, 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 <laughs> kiss. Oh, one thing Kiss that for I our did, entertainment. One last thing that I did want to point out is that um, in Eliminations tonight, Colton got rid of a lot of girls who are older. He's intimidated he by the experience. got rid of, like, a couple 26-year-olds, a 28-year-old. Like, he really went... I don't know if you know this. He really went in. Um, But Colton's a virgin. So he might be intimidated by their wealth of experience. All right. Anyways, before we go, I want to go quickly over the Golden Globes, which were last night. Generally, I don't care for award ceremonies. I'm not sure if you're, how your feelings of them have changed or evolved over the last year. I, I just think that a lot of times there, it's a lot of a – it's a game that we don't acknowledge as a game. Mm-hmm. Like people are always talking about the road to the Oscars and the road to the Emmys and how it's all of this like posturing and all this other stuff. And then we like forget that that's what we're talking about and we're not actually talking about what the best things are. And then people get upset when their favorite show doesn't win an Emmy or when their favorite movie doesn't win a Golden Globe. But that being said, I have a I have a list. I made a list of winners and losers in my in my book. Okay. Number one winner, especially on this podcast, is our queen, Sandra O. Oh. Gupta. Princess Diaries. He's looking at me like he has no idea what I'm talking about. Gupta. Uh, no, sir. Mm-hmm. No Queen is coming. <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, Sandra O oh won for Killing Eve. She was amazing on the show. She was amazing hosting the Golden Globes. She was amazing in her acceptance speech. She just killed it all night. And she is officially the the 
the poster child, the patron saint of this podcast, I bequeath it as such. I love how much you love her and like you didn't even appreciate her when she was in Big Fat Liar. (laughs) (laughs) You're lying through your teeth, you little demon. Amazing. Did you even watch Grey's Anatomy? Jason? Oh, you know, no, but I did morbidly watch. I heard when I was in high school that that icicle falls on her, and I watched that scene. I I haven't seen that scene. I've only seen the first, like, three seasons of Grey's Anatomy, but she's great. Um, I love her so much. Another winner for both of us, really, is The Americans. (laughs) The Americans is one of my favorite television shows of all time. It finished its sixth season this year. It's great. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch the entire series. And Capri is really happy that it won because it went out on a high note and she never has to hear me complain about it not winning again. Although it was robbed for the last five years. Next. Do you know who else was robbed of the last five years? Me. Oh, because you've been dating me? (laughs) I guess if you're into movies, Alfonso Cuaron won Best Director. And best foreign You're language into film. Movies. Uh, so that's we a- were into one movie. I mean, that got repeatedly snubbed. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Green Book, I guess, was a winner. They won a couple of awards. And are we supposed? Does anybody know? You know, tweet at us if we should be watching the Kaminsky Method. I don't think anyone will because most of the people listening to this podcast are people with technological savvy enough to know what a podcast is and i don't think that's the target demo for the kaminsky method but you know i'm just very confused the big loser to me was the biggest loser the saddest loser loser. was a star is born i don't know i think i i really enjoyed it but this is kind of your this is kind of your hill so yeah okay so I guess I just don't have a right to say anything because I didn't see the other movies. All right. But I'm pissed. But I also know, I know in my heart that the Golden Globes do not matter. I know that. But it is hard to feel strongly about something and then have it, like, just shot down in front of, like, millions of people, you know? Are there awards that you do think matter? There are awards that I think are of a higher caliber than others, but, like, sure. I guess I just, I don't, I know that it doesn't matter, but I feel in my heart that it matters. Well, because it's like someone telling you that it, it it just wasn't as good as you thought it was. And, you know, I, I was it our Star is Born episode that didn't get a lot of plays? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's our least played episode It has, like, a few podcast. hundred plays. Not that many. So, if you were one of the few who listened to that one. A Star is Born. And we have perished. Which I named. Thank you. Capri names all the episodes. They're very well named. Thank you. You will have heard that Lady Gaga means a great deal to me. And to watch her succeed, which she already has in this role. She succeeded. Everyone thinks she was good. But to watch her get recognized by, you know, the Hollywood Foreign Press, by the Academy, whatever. Like, by her peers, really. It would really mean a lot I think to a lot of people, and you could tell when. And I, I want her to egot. I want her to egot. You so could, bad. You could tell when other, when other, when the other presenters or the other actors or anyone else talked about her or like referenced her. They talked about her with like such respect and like they held her in like a uh, like a rarefied, dignified air, which to me was just as good as anything. I mean, it wasn't really as good as like having a trophy, but it's the next best thing. 
Um, Can we talk about the hosts? I mean, we talked about Sandra O oh already. Well, yeah, I love Sandra O. Oh. She's my queen. She's the patron saint of our, our podcast. Do you remember, like, a few, maybe it was a few months ago where you were like, is there a celebrity that you just hate? And I was like, no. I guess I just really don't hate anyone. Like, I just don't. It's not, their their job is hard and it, their jobs are to entertain and, like, I, I don't really have a right to hate any of them. I have found that I forgot. Everyone that, has one. I forgot that I hated Andy Samberg. And I know that Brooklyn Nine-Nine means a lot to a lot of people. And I haven't. That's fine. I have not seen it. And maybe my opinion would change if I saw it. But you guys, I can't everybody, stand him. Everybody has one celebrity that they unconditionally and weirdly hate. He's just like big and doofy and gets in the way. I have a friend who hates Will Smith. Oh. I personally hate Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that's so annoying. But I know a lot of people don't like him. But it's like just him. so annoying. Anyways, you didn't hate him until he had Trump on the show. I feel like no. I think it was after that. I mean, I didn't like that, but I think it was either. I don't think it's directly related to that. I think that might have been part of the the downward curve. I don't know if it was the beginning or more towards the end. But so, as we mentioned on our last pod, there are a couple shows coming up that we're really excited about. Um, shows that we have coming back, like Catastrophe, we have Crazy X coming back, Single Parents is coming back. A Million Little Things. A Million Little Things has apparently gotten a new night in time. Honestly, um, they're, they're, pos- no, what is it? They're, they're grooming it. They're yes. grooming it. Please I cut actually, that out of me tripping over my words. They're grooming it because they're putting it in the spot after Grey's. Yes. And Grey's is ending. That's true. I... I actually have been doing a lot of soul searching on a million little things, and I have some thoughts about it that will that I'll talk about when we get oh, there. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, oh, they're coming in hot. I can't wait. And I'm gonna be talking about you're the worst at least a little bit. Um, I want to get back into that, which is a show that has a near and dear place to my heart. And I'm sure there will be other things that come up um, that we're interested in. I'm excited for corporate to come back, which I will get you into. I will find a way. And all of you listeners, I will get you into it because it's worth all of your time. In the meantime, where can they find you, Capri? They can find me at Capri Like the Pants on Instagram. And I'm not going to say it's urgent, but like I did record a very funny Bachelor story. So I highly recommend you smash that follow button. <laughs> and you can follow the podcast at... Ah. at uh. <laughs> yes, yes. Follow the podcast at Capri Like the Pants, please. No, um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Couch Taters Pod. Capri Live tweeted the Golden Globes and had some very funny tweets, and we will be putting out more and more content as we find our social media voice in the ether. I'll cut that out. Our social media voice. <laughs> you know what? I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. Our social media voice. Um, you can you guys find. Know I work in social media. You can find me at. So quirky. Are you done? Uh, yeah. You can find me on YouTube at Ideas at Play and on Twitter at Jack APN Two. And if you have the time, we really appreciate it if you would. Um, what Jackson is trying to say is that he would love if you would rate, like, subscribe to our podcast, which is now also available on Spotify in addition to Apple Podcasts. I know it sounds like uh, like just a thing that people say at the end, but it actually really does help people find the podcast whenever it pops up in searches. 
whenever it pops up in like hot lists or popular lists. The more people rate and review us, the more we get bumped up by the algorithms. So it's really important if you want the podcast to grow. Also, just tell your friends if you like us and you want them tell to listen to friends. us too. And also, like, we have our email listed on all of our social handles. It's couchtaterspod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Tell us what we should be talking about. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us your life story. And maybe we'll talk about it. Or not. We can email privately. Yeah, it's totally up to you. <laughs> Our podcast is in your hands, really. Yeah, please help us. We really don't like working. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.